And welcome in to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Saturday, November 12th. It's a good word, old 12th. Lots of sounds in there. I'm your host, Ben. Your linguistic host, that is. Uh, joined by good old Keeney. How are you? Gee whiz, you're up and about early here, Benjamin. Sorry to the listeners for our hiatus last week. We had a bit going on, we did, and uh, Ben was off getting pissed in Geelong from memory, and, and Hod was busy. How are you, Hod? I'm always busy, mate, but I still make time for this great hour that turns into three because we love each other's company. But this is early for Ben. He usually rises at about this time of day, being hey. a school teacher. Oh, mate, settle down. Can't all be gym rats like you up at four AM. I thought you were talking about a nine AM rise. I didn't. I didn't know what, where you were going there. Well, we all, like th- we, all three of us are early risers in that department. I would say the. Uh, <laughs> the Very <reason>. early. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we didn't have one last week. I I set sails for Geelong, the the long trek down to Geelong, and uh, I was eagerly waiting a podcast to pop up for me to listen to, but apparently no. No me, no podcast at this stage. So I'm still waiting, waiting to hear one without me involved. Um, we've, we've lifted your title of host even more so. Mm. <laughs> what a what an honour that is. Uh, <laughs> host of of a podcast listened to by four other people. Uh, four? Yeah. That's Who doesn't listen? Scoot's back. Scoot's back. I reckon. Scoot, um, Scoot listens four times a week. It's true. Actually, we topped 3,000 listens, I noticed, last week. So, it's going all right. This this little bit time production that we got going. Um, so, that was all, it was, mate, it was all part of the plan. Just leave them, leave them wanting more for a week and let them go back and rehash some old episodes. Maybe the one at Scoot's place. Maybe. Or uh, I think I saw the one surprising episode that's had a lot of listens was uh, the one where you just fired up at Timos at the end of the pod. That's uh, that's had equal. That's had the same amount of listens as the rookie draft. Believe it or not, is that because once you actually finish the episode, it counts as a listen? So everyone just scroll to the end and listen to the rant at the <laughs> yeah, end. Exactly. Skip to the yeah, end. It counts as a listen. Yeah. All right, let's get into the news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. All right, well, without a pod last week, we weren't able to recap where the Eliminator pool sat, and that was that in week eight, uh, we saw an elimination of Timos uh, went out on a limb. There was actually Steph and I both picking the Humdingers. He went with the Grouse. It looked like it could have been a, a master stroke for Timos. Didn't pan out. Um, he got eliminated, and then last week it went down to... Uh, myself taking Prestige Worldwide against the Humdingers, who got the victory, and Stefanos picked... Uh, who did he pick? Someone who lost. <laughs> I can't remember. Come he picked Camo. Camo to beat Jake, and then that didn't uh, eventuate. So there you go. Eliminated pool took uh, nine weeks, which is actually a pretty good run. Nine weeks out of the possible 12 to get to the end. Very good. Congratulations, Benjamin. I'll... Uh... $100 into the kitty, if you don't mind. Very nicely done. You did say Timos uh, had an inspired choice, and we've only mentioned it a couple of times, but Scooter the Eliminator, that was not an inspired choice because he's done it again at a crucial time. Yeah, he flipped it this time. It wasn't that someone picked him and he eliminated them. Someone picked against him and he said, no, nah, mate, this is my comp. No, no, no. I control the destiny of teams in this competition, and away he goes. Ridiculous. 
How many uh, high scores have you had this year, Ben? Uh, about three. three. Don't give me about. You know exactly three. how much money you've reined in, you tight ass. So that's three. What's that? 60 large, 100. You're... This is a little cash investment program. I've for you. finally turned a profit on Dynasty. How good's that? Little, little <laughs> no, I was actually updating the little uh, profit tally of our league, and Ben's just jumped up into equal second with uh, the ever consistent Jake Pantis at also number two. Thais out in front with the most cash earned in this league. Um, so, yeah, that's a little so, update for you. You've netted 120, Ben, with your entries included. So what about Papa? Because he came second and won Eliminator. He'd be in the positive, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's in the positive. So myself, Papa, yourself, Jake and Thayer. So the five in the positive. And then there's uh, Timos is pretty close. And then there's a few that are struggling just donating out to the rest hemorrhaging of us. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a long hemorrhage. game. Exactly. Hey, I wanted to bring up though um, just a... A tradition that's been going for a very long time on this podcast, and that's the old cool in the gang um, tradition. That if you haven't been listening uh, since the start, and thank you if you've joined in the meantime, uh, we started a tradition where when all three of us got a victory, we'd uh, we'd kick off the pod with cool in the gang. We're currently sitting at uh, week ten of our third season, and we've only been able to play that song once. So. Week 6, 2020, this tradition started and that's currently where it's been left because, uh, yeah, we haven't been able to sync up since week 6 of 2020, Keeney. And that's, it's pretty alarming when you think about um, how many wins collectively we've had since. But uh, what do you think has been who, – who do you think has been letting the team down the most, Keeney? Uh, look, it's a tough one. I think we're all equally weighted with our – Without disappointment and, um, you know... It I think doesn't matter what you think, Keeney. I've got the stats here for you. <laughs> Week six, two seasons ago, that's a long bloody time. And since then, eight out of 14 weeks in 2021, you two, as expected, top of the tree teams, you got the job done, I let you down. Fair enough. We'll go to this year. Seven out of nine weeks, you two. That's 15 out of 23 weeks, 70% of the time in the old that you two have won and I have lost. So expected. The two wins I've had, you, the great man Keen Balls, has failed to win on that week. That is two out of two. 100% of the time, you have prevented us from hearing cool in the gang. There's some stats for you. Give us your thoughts, you peanut. Well, my thoughts are I like the way you've used percentages against me there. That's very, very well played. But my other thought is thank fuck your shit because every time you win, I get done. So yeah, good. <laughs> you've had two losses uh, in uh, in that time. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, you've had four losses in the last two seasons and two of them have been two weeks that <laughs> Hod's had a win. That's incredible. Three of, the, three of them are against him. Yep, well, there we go. So, Hod, just don't weak... Uh, don't win the weeks that Keeney's playing, Timos. That would be uh, advisable. So, yeah, look, we'll we'll continue to wait and see when we get to hear Cool in the Gang. I've been hanging out. It's been sitting on my soundboard this whole time. It's just taken up a spot, really. It's a waste of space at this point. And we'll get to the previews uh, at the end of this pod, but this this week could be another hod wins, Kenny loses type of setup, I reckon. <laughs> it's got a little sniff, a little stench about it, hod. It could be another one. So don't get angry at me if it happens, all right? 
Just relax. Hey, what? The next time we play Cool and the Gang, it's going to be a celebration. That's for sure. Fucking oath. We'll uh, we'll be about forty-seven years old. Hod will be <laughs> negative a thousand and something dollars <laughs> yeah. into the league. Uh, it'll <laughs> be great. Hey, we didn't get a chance, obviously, to run through all of the uh, trade deadline trades that went down in the NFL, which had some serious um, fantasy implications. So I'll just quickly run through them. Just give us um, just any thoughts that stand out to you or anything that's interesting. We had Calvin Ridley go to the Jags. We had Naeem Hines to the Bills, Chase Edmonds to the Broncos, which was part of the um, Bradley Chubb deal. Jeff Wilson to Miami. The Hawk going to the Vikings and uh, Chase Claypool to the Bears. So a lot of a lot of jumping around, a lot of changing of jerseys there. What, what are some that stand out to you guys? Well, it's ironic that the Jags have taken a gamble on Ridley. That's two years out oh. of the game that he's going to be not playing football. But uh, I, don't, I don't know how, how I feel about that one. Um, oh, look... I reckon with Christian Kirk as their number one paid target, it's I like your use of the word gamble there. It's probably did you even mean for that to be a pun? Um, of course I did. But yeah, I reckon it's it's good upside. You don't know where he's at. I mean, it's it's pretty risky still because he's still even before the gambling suspension had his mental health issues. So you don't know where he's at. You don't know whether a change of scenery will help with that. Um, but yeah, I like the upside of him definitely. The, the um, there's two things that stand out to me, and the first one is um, the Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert trade that you guys did, um, which is now looking pretty funny because they both yeah, end up in Miami, and, and you've also got Miles Gaskin. So the Triple A Dolphin A RB room, if you don't mind, you've got that room covered, bros. No more, I, no more. That's enough. I don't know. I'm destined for any fucking running back that I own. They will play for Miami at some point. Like Sony Michelle ended up there. Fucking Malcolm Brown. All these like no names that just get shipped off, and that's their destination is Miami you every know, fucking time. You know what? You know what I'd be worried about the old. Tin ass Timos. He's got Salvin Ahmed just sitting there as the 15th running back in Miami. He'll probably start a playoff game for him. Uh, the only other one uh, which is worth commenting on for mine, just the Naheem Hines trade to the Bills, boys. What do we mm. think here? So James Cook, similar role, I would have thought, but they've gone in and grabbed a bit more experience in that position. Um, and he could be a legitimate, I know he's on Papa's team, but he could be a legitimate sort of fantasy asset towards the end here. I know Papa's trying to hype him up, trying to get that asset out of there. But um, this is interesting because uh, I think for the Cook part of it, so Scoot, I know I was high on Cook, um, probably looking at next year to be a real difference maker. But not only is Hines the same player and very good at that role, he's also contracted for another three years. So they've taken on a player for a while. So it really sinks Cook's value. Um but, yeah, he, he, he should be a tremendous asset for the rest of the year. I just think, yeah, this is insurance play by the Bills. Um, Singletary's playing pretty well, even despite touchdowns. This obviously caps his receiving ability, but I just think that if Singletary went down with an injury, they probably wouldn't have been comfortable running with James Cook. And, they, I mean, they got rid of Moss as part of this trade as well. Uh, I, don't, I think where they're at now is, in a real-life perspective, far better than where they were before. The other, I'll just round it off from my end. Um, Hawkinson, hugely involved first week with the Vikings, is a huge, um, a very good sign, I should say, for Camo. Camo has him? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, you just never know how long it takes to transition across, but he looks like he's 
just hasn't missed a beat. And then Claypool to the Bears. I, I don't know if this is a win for Claypool, but it's definitely a win for Fields. Mm. He um, Claypool immediately steps in and just changes the dynamic of that offense being a bigger body, and it's just something they didn't have because we, we don't classify Cole Komet as anybody. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts well, to round out those trades. I'll quickly jump. He bumps, he bumps Komet and Mooney as well as part of that because now he's mm. the downfield threat. It means they can control the middle of the field more. I think it's it's good for all three of those players. Although I will say uh, the great baby Gronk, Cole Komet, had one of his best weeks last week. A couple of tutties on the board. So well done to uh, Cole. Just have to start him next time, DFF. That'll be good. Um, the Hawk one, though, just quickly, I don't know what's going to be quicker, Hod. Is it that Hawk's going to get involved in this Vikings offense or Camo's going to reach out for a trade to Timos? What do you reckon? I reckon he's feeling the juices. He hasn't done a trade for a while, boys. Yeah, it's been a fairly long time. He's itching. He's having withdrawal and symptoms. I reckon the closer we get to the 2023 draft, the more active old Slippery Digits gets. So Hawk could be a big piece of that if Timos is in the playoff hunt or, and uh, Camo isn't. Or Manny. Mm, Loves true, Viking. true. We've got, we got some skulls in the house. Well, Timos has got Irv, so that would be an interesting play. Mm. It's just Timos <laughs> would have to give something up and I uh, don't know if, how he'd feel about that. Let's let's move to injuries here. And probably the biggest one is Josh Allen. Um, cop the UCL uh, injury against the Jets there. And day to day, it's looking pretty likely that he's going to miss this week. They reckon he's going to play through. But he had this injury, I reckon, in his rookie season and missed four weeks or something around that. So it's pretty serious on his throwing arm. But I don't know. You could look at it both ways because I reckon two throws later, he threw a fucking bomb down the field right on the numbers about 70 yards or some bullshit like that. So who knows how it's going to affect him. I yeah, think. it sounds it sounds like sorry, Hot. It sounds like yeah. um, he's uh, probably got away with one here. Probably the the best result possible. It might they're obviously electing not to go with surgery, from what I can read, um, and trying to let it heal. Maybe it's one or two weeks, but uh, pretty good result in the end, I reckon. I think this is a purely a business decision. I think the rookie year might have been lost earlier in the year, and they put him on ice. So whereas now they're obviously probably the number one seed um, for the Super Bowl, so uh, he'll probably play through and. Keep that franchise on its merry way. Absolutely. Uh, any other injuries of note that we need to bring up? That's probably the biggest one. No, I reckon that's about it. I All thought right. uh, Mikol, oh. not so hard man, was a bit disappointing. That's yeah, Mikol, not so Thais at 9am, man. <laughs> yeah. What? Ab- abdominal soreness? <laughs> He's going to... Uh, so him missing this week is going to cap your score. Um, just a, a tad there, Hod. You're looking a at a tad. 25 this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's been going well, hasn't he? Yeah. He's, he's been very he's good, good last five weeks. Speaking of scoring, Keeney just swans on in on the double points week and rips out a 166. So well done on picking up that one there. And you pipped Manny by 12 points. But that was about well, it for scoring. There was only three well, teams that, that had a decent score and the rest just struggled. Absolutely. And speaking of swans, I was up in Sydney last week um, at the time and it was honestly one of the first Monday mornings in a long time I haven't watched a second of it. Mm-hmm. All I was getting was Jim just telling me Mixon scored, Devontae <laughs> Adams' score. Like Jim was just constantly texting me telling what team was scoring and I was like, oh, this is good. I'm, I'm never watching Red Zone again. So 
There we go. I think it dried up after the first half of the early slate, but uh, it was done to get the job done. Yeah, it was done in the first half hour. Really, it was ridiculous that Mixon. Well, are you really surprised? It's Scott Hansen, Jim Hansen. It's he's the new red zone for you. <laughs> it's just live I commentary. Like it. Uh, well, we also have some more buys this week. Baltimore, Cincy, New England, and the Jets all uh, on buy this week. Not as not as tumultuous as last week. No, it's not. And there was absolutely no need to play to mention the buys. You just wanted to play the drop. Let's be honest. Hey, mate, don't fucking ruin my drops. All Although, right. since, since, I, I since really should have been playing that drop for when people got eliminated. I might shift that to an eliminator pool uh, elimination next year. Since Cincinnati is probably big enough because Thais has got all of them. So yeah. that's probably the only real one. The uh, Cincinnati Worldwide will struggle <laughs> this week. Um, but yeah, yes. there's not too. Um, Lamar is probably the biggest name for Baltimore. What about Dunavay? Oh, Dunavay. Yeah, we can't forget about him. And who could forget Zach Wilson? He's going to be on by this week. It is topical, though. The Backstreet Boys are touring Australia soon. So Are they? Oof. They are. Better get a ticket. Exciting Don't ask times. me how I know. <laughs> all right, let's move to the reviews. Let's move forward amicably. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. All right, the week nine reviews here. Uh, we had the Park City Lions defeating the DFF, one in 22 to 74. Um, we didn't obviously run through people's thoughts last week, but we'll sort of do it in a bit of hindsight. And Steph's thoughts really on this game last week were uh, the Lions won't want to choke here, which didn't happen. I uh, don't know what you were choking on last week, DFF, but it sure as well wasn't uh, in this game. Loves an eggplant, that guy. You know what You know what it is? The good teams, good culture, successful franchises typically don't talk about the opposition, whereas Steph always chooses mm. to talk about the opposition. So it's just a nice little summary of where he's at. Yep, absolutely. This uh, probably the one frustrating thing here was just watching Wilson and Mostert eat into those carries that first week that Wilson had a go in that offense and... Got a touchdown, got nine carries, yeah. Was in the receiving game. It was very annoying. We should take the chance to talk to you about this because he did come in and it's it's no surprise why they got him in there. I forget the name of that tool of a coach who wears the sunnies, but um, he obviously loves what, loves what Wilson can bring. Got mostered in on the offseason. So he really has his two backs that he loves. And it's no surprise Wilson comes in first game, a bit like Hawkinson, played a lot of snaps. I think he out-snapped most it in the end. I think it was close. It was like 51 to 49%. But um, what do you what do you do here, Ben? It's, it's sort of left you with two valuable players, but hard to start them both. Yeah. No, you're right. 47 49% was their snap count. They had the same number of carries. Uh, they both had a touchdown in the red zone and Wilson had, I think, two more targets. So pretty much the same type of player, just used twice. I guess it's, I mean, it's now kind of just pushed down most its value as a flex player. It's now left them as just good depth play on my bench. And if one gets injured, it boosts the value of the other. Um, so, yeah. That's well, if one, yeah, if one gets injured, I mean, it's a great offense to be a part of. To have a running yeah. back in one, like they're scoring big points. Um, they're pretty dynamic, obviously, with their receivers. So, yeah, it's not great at the moment, but you got them in for depth, and um, it could really work for you at the back end of the year, I reckon. But it is, it is what Miami's the new Chiefs. 
They are. You could literally play both of them. I think um, yeah. on a, on a week where it's going to be a high total, uh, you could definitely roll both of them out. But yeah, well, they're in that perfect position where offense is scoring well and defense is struggling to stop. So mm. that's they're the type of fantasy players you want in a season. Uh, for the DFF, it was like you said, Cole Komet just having a monster, but he left him on the bench. Twenty two points that he left on the bench there. It wouldn't have made the difference, but. Uh, healthy signs for Cole Komet um, after the acquisition of Chase Claypool, I think has made a bit of a difference there because Darnell Mooney also had a 14, um, probably two of their best weeks collectively there. The old Dunavay just didn't get the job done, but I would say that no Ravens receiver got the job done because I reckon collectively they had about four or five targets. It was um, pretty shithouse. What was he, 12 completions, Lamar. That is an interesting... Interesting offense and one that, yeah, is very hard to read week on week. Sure is. Uh, one week they'll be running it. One week they'll be throwing it. It's hard to hard to know what they're going to do. Yep. Well, let's move on. Next game was the Grouse top scoring 166, defeating the uh, free-falling Jim City Stallions 121. He's five wins, zero losses to start the season and now four losses on the trot now. He's just, it's the tale of... Two tapes for Jim. It is. It's uh, two seasons in one. And at 136 points per Jim had in his 5-0 and start. And he's down to 105 in his last four losses. So we'll get to the bets a little bit later, Jim. But come on, mate. I need you to get back on the horse and get up to that 5-0 and form you were in earlier in the year. Back on the stallion. That uh, That's some good research from you, Hod. I liked it. Um, look, I think in this one, he's... In a weird sort of week with a lot of bye weeks, he hasn't scored that bad. 121.8. Um, he's probably just a bit unlucky. He's come up against Joe it's Mixon. Not. Well, no, more so just Joe Mixon, who's put up the second highest score we've had in Dynasty with 53.1, five touchdowns, only behind Kamara that uh, week when he had six touchdowns, I think it was. So, um, What about Chase? Yeah. He had a 55. Chase, Chase had a 50, so that's number five 50, in, yeah. in the league. Oh. Yeah, he had a 50 on, on grand final day, if you don't mind. Um, so, yeah, a bit unlucky with Mixon and Devontae Adams, and the rest of my team sort of didn't do a heap, but uh, got it done. Well, that Devontae Adams game is pretty pretty uh, scary because he got, what did he score, 30? 31, yeah. 31. He had that at halftime. He had one catch for eight yards, I think, out of seven targets or something in the second half. So that could have been an absolute monster as well. And uh, with the news today about Waller going on IR and also Mm -hmm. Hunter Renfro going on IR, you would think uh, he may get a pretty decent chunk of targets coming up. It will bode well for him, absolutely. Um, Your quarterback, Skeeny, let's let's touch on it because collectively 19 points... um, and your best scoring quarterback was Baker Mayfield's one quarter sitting on your bench there. <laughs> so how are we feeling? Yeah. Oh, well, feeling about as good as I do every week with them. It's a real problem. Um, and I don't know what I can do, to be honest. Like Mac Jones, they've completely taken the ball out of his hands. They don't want him to throw on the ball at all. Like even against, um, you know, Ellinger and the Colts, like it was just very much uh, gone into to game manager mode. Um Stafford's or well, the whole Rams offense, I reckon, is not right. Their line's terrible, and um, and yeah, Russell Wilson was on by. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, hopefully, I've got enough around those two positions to uh, have a crack. Well, 
Yeah. I mean, reality is when your team gets healthy again, because you've had a, quite a few players miss in the first half of this season, are you just going to scrap playing a quarterback <gasps> at that super flex spot? And you just... could look at playing. Yeah, you could look at just not playing well. I don't know. Don't yeah. know. I'll worry about it later. And then for Jim, um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is... Kenyon Drake played well. Kenyon Drake was a bright spot, but uh, Higby scored a ziz. Um, yeah, not again, a lot. Like if, again, with Baltimore, if you can know who the, the lead back is at Baltimore, you've got confidence starting them. It's just... It changes. I feel like every, every week. week it changes and it could be Justice Hill, it could be Kenyon Drake, it could be Gus Edwards, it could be J.K. Dobbins if he gets healthy. Yeah, yeah, it could be Lamar. Like, who knows? But um, I, I reckon Aaron Rodgers is the big talking point here for Jim's team. He looks um, fucked. <laughs> well, yeah, what did he throw? Three red zone interceptions. So two, whole, three, whole three interceptions, two in the red zone, which he hasn't done in like three no. years or something like that. And, and yeah. the whole offense just looks a bit a bit uh, military medium a little bit, doesn't it? And so, that was against Detroit, who were one of the worst defenses going in as well. So yeah, it's, it's not looking great. His, for his best Bay. best QB finish on the week has been QB 12 this this year, Aaron Rodgers. Never cracked the top 12, never, yeah, 11th or better, which is very, very rare for Aaron, who's been Extremely obviously a, a fantasy stud for many years. Yep, there's, uh, there's a bit for Jim to try and figure out. Uh, Jalen Hurts continues to be a gun for him. Let's move on. Next game was the San Diego Demons, 106, defeated by the OJs, eliminating legal team there, 123. Um, and I reckon you touched on it earlier. Their hot is that Hawk, Hawk is his bright spot, obviously, with this trade. It has worked out very nicely for him. He got targeted early. Um, if anyone was stupid enough to bet the under 33 and a half yards for Hawk, you're a fucking idiot. Whoever thinks that would be a good idea. He had a 19 yard catch, I reckon in the first, very first play or second play. And then he didn't look back from there. Nine, nine catches for 70 yards. I think in the end, um, didn't see the end zone, but it looks like they are going to absolutely be using that position. And they gave up a little bit to, to get him. So clearly where they're at, they think that they were a, you know, good tight end away from well and truly competing towards the end of the season. Well, where's I'm on Rara's now with Jake, isn't he? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'll just take the opportunity to talk about him. He's been slightly disappointing um, the last couple of weeks, but more importantly, this last week. Thought with Hawk going out, this is just going to be similar situation now with Devontae Adams. He's just going to be peppered with targets. And it hasn't transpired for whatever reason. So I think um, still plenty of time, obviously, for this to um, come to fruition. But I, I would still expect St. Brown to dominate in that offense, especially with Jamison Williams still a while away. And there's not much else there in the receiving game. Yeah. I mean, like it, it really, Detroit's a similar team to like Baltimore in that depending on how they're going to play a particular week, it was clearly a, a rushing week for them against Green Bay. What was it? Nine. So... Uh, St. Brown had the most targets at nine in the entire team. So mm. he led, but it was still four catches for 55. There wasn't a lot going on in the passing we game. Wouldn't, we wouldn't expect Detroit to have too much game script where they have to run and yeah, uh, exactly. soak up a win. So it should be fine. But Jake, five in a row and Hopkins back up and running. We we called this. It's He's going to be a hard one to stop in this offense, um, especially with until Hollywood comes back. 
I don't think Rondell Moore is getting a fair bit of targets, but they're all small, yep. close to the line of scrimmage. So, um, yeah, Hopkins is going to be huge for Jake uh, to round out this season. Yep, and Jake had uh, quite a few players on by. Barkley, Zeke, Pollard, Harris, Schultz, um, and still ripped out a 120 there. So always impressive when you can do that with your talent. Although, like we've touched on, Harris is probably bench-worthy at the moment, the way he's... Uh, traveling and how that offense is traveling. It's just not conducive to that player. It's a bit of a worry. What a um, what a change of guard it's been with that running back group. So Najee comes out, number one picked running back for memory. Um, top three finish last year. So going into this offseason, he's one of the top backs in Dynasty. Brees Hall suffered the injury last year. Um, I think there's one other one that I'm, I can't think of, but uh, now that's completely flipped. Brees Hall, even with the injury, is now still probably a top five dynasty back, and we don't really know where Najee fits in at the moment with that offensive line and, and young quarterback. His best finish on the year was running back 13 in week two. Other than mm. that, he's been a running back three or four every week, just about, which is pretty crazy. <clears throat> And they're just not putting up points. So yeah. it's it's not a great offense to be a part of. But um, he luckily for, for Jake, he does have some strong depth in both running back and wide receiver. So he's got enough there. And and just while we're on, you mentioned Pollard. He looked unbelievable when Zeke was out as well. Yeah. Is it only a matter of time before he takes over? He's just got better athleticism, better agility, quicker. I don't know. He just looks better than Zeke. So... It's this is a funny one because he's never had over thirteen carries in a game in his high school, college, mm. and NFL career, and he had thirteen in that game <laughs> that he had three touchdowns. So he's just one of those highly efficient backs, um, similar to how Chase Edmonds was used in Arizona. Um, comes in really effective when splitting time, but I don't think he's a lead back. I think Zeke still has um, that role. Definitely secure for this year. So outside of this year, what do we think happens in that running back position? Because he, Pollard's last year of contract this year and Zeke's contracted till 2026. And Zeke's number next year is astronomical. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys get out of that. Mm. So It's not a friendly, con- I mean, for the rest of his contract, is not friendly for the Cowboys, for Zeke. No, it's so, horrendous. Um, yeah, what, do they look at trading him? But who's trading for a 27-year-old running back, 28-year-old by the time the season's done? It's it's an interesting one. It kind of looks like they're going to lose Pollard as a result. I wouldn't be surprised. There's a few good running backs. Cowboys will be down the bottom of the first round, you would think. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got cut ties with both and brought in a rookie whilst they're in. We see it all the time. You bring in a rookie running back on a cheap salary whilst the team's good. Um, and I think the Cowboys will be good for a while. I could definitely see that playing out. Yeah, it will be interesting to watch and obviously interesting to see what, how that plays out for Jake's team with two of his running backs could end up in totally different positions there. Let's move to the next game, which was the Haircuts 154 defeated the uh, Punishers. I got defeated by, that doesn't make sense, he defeated the Punishers who only put up 67. Pretty comfortable win, you would say. Um <laughs> 90-odd points there. Matty, uh, you were mentioning this, Keeney. Tyreek Hill's his ridiculous bright spot at the moment. Run through the stat you were reeling off off air. 
Well, yeah, he's on he's on track to break Calvin Johnson's uh, receiving yards record, but also he's he's the wide receiver one on the year. He's he's the number seven player in in fantasy this year, behind only six QBs, which are Josh Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Jackson, Hurts, and Murray. So Hill's the next player. Um, it's just ludicrous. Like he he can just put up 150 to 200 yards any given week. Often scores multiple touchdowns. Um, I think he's been a top five wide receiver in five weeks this year through nine nine weeks, I think. So yep. um, unbelievable. He's made Tua, you know, pretty fa- a lot more fantasy relevant than what he has been the last two years. And it's an explosive offense. It's a fast offense, and he fits perfectly. So onwards and upwards, he's, yeah, he's, he's a great weapon to have. Do you think, I would say for Manny's team, though, as awesome as Tyreek's going, he's, I mean, we there was a bit up in the air about how he'd go in Miami, but he's a gun. We all know he's a gun. We all know he can score. So there's a little bit to be expected that he will be, you know, a top wide receiver. I'd have to say Geno Smith has to be his his best player, his MVP of his team, because we all said that the quarterback position is where Manny was going to struggle, and he's got Geno, who's sitting at quarterback eight on the season. That is ridiculous, and just got him off the waivers. Paid absolutely nothing for him. So, you know, Tyreek's doing what Tyreek had been doing for years and Gino's just come absolutely out of the woodworks and he's starting to play at 32 years old like a first-round drafted player, which he was. No, he was the second round, actually, wasn't he? He, he fell into the second. Um, yeah, two seconds. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's actually... I, I still think that he is the craziest story of this year and, and he's looking to continue to be. It's absolutely. Mental. And it's, um, it's, it's, to be honest, for... For Manny, it's probably a, a good thing because the Davis Mills experiment may not last too long. No, it's particularly with the QBs in this draft coming up. I think this could be it for for Davis Mills. I know he traded for him in the off season, but it's there's something to be said about just you know Manny's sort of approach has been to stockpile a few iffy assets and see if one or two of them hit, which they have. Um, and uh, he's laughing. He's right in the mix. He's going to make playoffs, and I wouldn't want to play him again in the playoffs. That's for sure. No, I mean, Mariota's sort of getting by. He's actually QB9 on the season, but he's a bit up and down. He's not as consistent. He's only one spot behind um, Gino, technically, but you'd much rather Gino right now or be comfortable rolling Gino out week to week. Yeah, and I mean, you say May and you think Davis Mills is done. He is absolutely done. But you know what that means, boys? He'll be the starting quarterback for the Colts next year. It'll be a one-year rental, (laughs) and he'll get another season out of Davis Mills. And then you'll have to look at to do something. But um, speaking of quarterbacks, there's one that we really need to touch on for Papa. Oh, mm. oh boy, oh boy, and touch on in a good way, if I can say that safely. You're very good at touching in good ways, Hod. Are you saying that one player on Papa's list has got him rubbing those big nipples? Oh, <laughs> I didn't think Daniel Jones was going that well, but you blokes obviously think he is. <laughs> No, no, no. It's the fields of our areolas we're talking about. <laughs> Justin Fields, right? Oh, it, boy. It is. So we were, we were critical how he started the season that uh, he gave up he gave up Cooper Cup to get Fields and a 2025 first off Jim. But uh, he's now sitting QB7 after pretty abysmal weeks. He, I'll just quickly run you through his first month. QB20, QB27, QB31, QB26. Not Great, but then he's gone 13, 8, 5, 5, and QB1 last week, scoring a 42-burger 
which actually equated to 63% of Papa's total score of the week. That's, uh, I mean, that's ridiculous in a couple of ways, but I mean, absolute bright spot. It's the one position that we keep saying that, you know, it's very hard to get right in Superflex, in Dynasty, and uh, looks like he's he's stumbled across a very good deal there. It's also the, the one one type of QB we said is a difference maker. Someone that can, like, what did he have on the ground last week? 178 yards rushing. That's enormous. Um, so there's a, there's a combination here of, I think, fields improving, but also the coaching allowing, allowing him to throw the ball a bit more mm. and use his legs effectively. So you combine the two things together, and if you have a QB that can score 40 on any given week, you have struck gold. So huge for the punishers. And, yeah, you talk about coaching. Something has definitely changed. I don't remember the teams they quoted, but um, it was said that the coaching staff decided a couple of weeks ago um, or or whenever this run started to take the film from similar players like Deshaun in the past, um, Lamar, and they've started to create this um, sprint right or rolling out, the quarterback rolling out Mm. and design. Designing plays around that to help him out. Um, And as we said, Claypool... The acquisition there will definitely help. But I think, going to your point, Kenny, about the rushing, not only was that the number one rushing uh, week ever for a quarterback, and we know how good Michael Vick was, but there were nine designed runs. That's a huge uptick for Fields. They're not just where the play breaks down, he makes something out of nothing. Mm. That was designed runs, which is going to put Papa in good stead. And his ability to throw on the run is actually ridiculously good. He was hitting some pretty impressive throws rolling out there. So I feel like they've found the, uh, they finally have found the right skill set and the right plays to make the most of it. So with all the, all of this glowing endorsement about Justin Fields, which is, which is justified, he's put up a 42.7. So did Papa would have almost knocked off Manny, didn't he? Like if your QB is putting up 42.7, you'd, did yep. he score 150? What did he score in the end? Well, I did say just before that was 63% of Papa's scoring. Oh. So, I mean, you're good at maths, Keeney. What's uh, 63%? Roughly, it's of... roughly 67.6, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, it's not good. The rest of the team he's got to figure out. However, Naeem Hines, as you pointed out, he's got upside. He wasn't really used at all. He had one target. We didn't touch on this one in the trade, but Kadarius Tony was an interesting one. Um, traded from the Giants. He's a first-round pick to the Chiefs. He's got that Tyreek-style ability. Um, had two targets, caught both of them, 12 yards, nothing too great there. But his hamstring looked great. It's it's amazing what a trade will do to a hamstring. Funny that. it's And he would have been – I don't – there's no information here, but he would have been a player, I reckon, that a few people would have been after with Papa. He's a classic buy low before he got traded to the Chiefs. Yep. And good for Papa for holding on to him because now he's, his value's clearly uh, probably risen. He's always had some talent, just had some off-field issues from what you read and hear. So, um, as you said, the the Hammy re- remarkably <laughs> just uh, had a change of fortune. He's out there. No issues, Ben. That's where I went Must wrong. be frustrating for you, for a giant supporter. Oh, I thought you were talking about hamstrings. I just played for the same team every time. That's why I kept doing a Hammy. <laughs> So, last one on this. Uh, it begs the question, that quarterback class, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, he's probably leading that bunch, I yeah. would say, and we, we didn't think that at all going into this year. Yeah, and good on Jim at the time for, 
for drafting him early and obviously flipping him for value for his team. But yeah, it's it's worked out very nicely. It'll be an interesting one to see, you know, in maybe five years' time how that QB class is playing out because it could be, in hindsight, a very, very good class depending on how a few of those, you know, we don't know really know anything about Trey at well, this point. Um, I was going to say, Hod, you, you always say it's a 50-50 proposition. It looks like early days, but it looks like Fields and Lawrence, you can safely say, look... Decent at the level, and then the other three for mine are a coin flip still. Like I don't know, it could be yeah. could be two good three busts, or it could be three good two busts. Who knows? But the other three are a bit dicey. Well, forgive me, you're saying the other three. I only mentioned four. I, I left out Mac Jones there, and and going like ending last year, he he was the one. I think mm. Kyle Shanahan was talking about it, saying he's the one he wanted, and people were saying he's well, should have been the best quarterback of the draft, and now he's probably the last of the lot um, for well, fantasy anyway. Yeah, and we'll move on in a, in just a sec. But the other one was Davis Mills. I reckon Davis Mills and Mac Jones were the two bright spots out of the class last year, and now they're probably both at the bottom end. So nothing can yeah. change quickly. Sure can. Tell you what's not changing quickly, and that's the baseline executioners <laughs> scoring uh, eighty four, <laughs> defeated by the straight cash homies one hundred five. Very low week for Timos here, and still scraped away with a win. Um, just, just before but, you keep going there, Ben, just, just ease into that, yeah, because Scoot's just pulled over somewhere on some <laughs> Western highway. You can't just make knee-jerk comments like that because the man needs to pull over safely. That's true. I apologise, Speak, Scoot. Speaking of jerks, uh, Bayside Executioners eighty-four point five. Get going, mate. <laughs> it's actually been a, it's been a decent run of three weeks for Scoot. We all know his team's down the bottom, but it's building bro, as a few people say in this league. And uh, he he was excited by looking at Tim Oss's team without CMC. And uh, he made the bold claim that he doesn't think that Tim is going to make the playoffs. And he reckons, this is last week, that Scoot was in the position where he could have rested a few players just to be safe. So almost got the job done. Fell short by about 20 points. Um, but... I would say that for that to be the case, Scoot, you needed your players to show up as well, and they really didn't. Um, the running back situation in Chicago, I'm going to bring that up because we're talking about Chicago a bit. That's got to be a f- point of frustration for Scoot because Monty, he's a roller coaster this year. He had 14 carries, which is not bad, but only ripped out a 4.9 in that Miami game. So what do we think about the running backs in Chicago? Well... I, my theory is often if you've got a running QB, that's it's a good thing for the running back quite often because it, it's harder to defend. I think the defense has to defend against the QB run, so it often opens up holes. You think of how efficient the Baltimore running backs often are um, with Lamar there. So the biggest frustration is you don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Herbert or is it going to be Montgomery on a any given week or any given quarter? They sort of alternate a lot. And um, Last week, I don't, I, it was neither. All of a sudden, it seems like not a bad offense to be a part of, which mm. I don't think you could say sort of at the start of the year. But I think going forward, it's not necessarily going to be a bad offense um, to be a part of. Whether they hold on to him or not, Hod, Montgomery, I don't know if uh, if Chicago do, and I just think they might just roll with Herbert. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think they will. But I think, Ben, you snuck it in there. I, Herbert was nothing last week as well. I think that game was just no running backs at play because Fields was the running back. Um, so that is also the other. Usually, the running quarterback affects the pass catching running backs, um, but even last week it was just Fields the whole way. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting one to see how that tandem play out for the rest of the season. Well, I, yeah, I think this week will be the interesting watch because that's Fields' big, you know, huge game. So will the defense, you know, focus in heavily on that, try and contain him? Will that open up the running backs? Time will tell. But, uh, you know, I've, I've put this game down for Tim Oss. He scored 105 and got the win. So I said it was a Godet of jail win for mm-hmm. Tim Oss there. <laughs> 24 cool. points for Dallas. Got it. You, you, you almost got that out correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking struggled, didn't I? Eight catches, nine targets, 100 yards and a touchdown. That is, that's a pretty juicy game from Dallas. Got it. Um, who who'd, is, they, who'd they go up against again? Uh, Houston. Houston, right. Yeah. Um, but he is sitting tight end four. Hod, it's your position, your favorite position to talk about. Tight end four, which probably means that he's a good 78 points off third place based on that position. Isn't that how tight end normally yeah. works? Usually. Usually it's the big players and then everyone else. But, um, yeah, Goddard's been up and down. He's he's consistently gets targets, which will get you through PPR, but he hasn't had any huge games up until this point, I don't think, and some suspect really quiet games. So, um, yeah, it's like you said, the position is pretty fragile in terms I, of rankings. I just looked. He's 63 points off first. Yeah. So it is a fair gap. It goes, yeah, Mark Andrews second. He's still 18. No, what is it? He's missed games. 17. Yeah, he's missed games. He's 17 <laughs> points behind him. So it's really Kelsey's just fucking stupidly ahead in that position. Yeah. I'll just, just to finish, got it off. Like He's perfect for a team like Tim Oss. Um, he's not going to lose you a week. He's consistent with targets. Um, but, yeah, he's not going to be that huge performer week in, week out. I think it'll be consistent. While I'm on a roll with puns, would you say that this was an unlikely win at Superflex for Timus? Uh-huh. I see what you did there. I saw he uh, uh, unveiled old Isaiah. in the. Was that in the Superflex? Superflex? Yeah, because Tannehill was out, of course. So, so he, he went Conklin the week before Superflex. That worked out, and he went likely... Last week. And and let me guess, he scored a tutty? Uh, he did. One catch. Yeah. One it wasn't catch much. For a 24-yard tr- touchdown. Has, has, has Timos ever started a tight end in Superflex that hasn't gone off? <laughs> we'll have to go the week back before, and that. Well, the week before, we weren't on the pod, but can I just mention, he started the snores. And ladies and gentlemen, when the snores gets in the Superflex, we know what happens. He sniffed out a couple in the end zone. Old snozzy Conklin. Off he goes for a 26. I dream of a 26 in me super flex. Fuck's sake, Timos. That was good sniff form by you, Katie. Oh, good. Thank you. Where's your laptop? Yeah, old horse. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, last game. Uh, we left this one to last for a reason, and that was Prestige Worldwide with an 86 defeating the Humdingers. 31 odd. Um, well, I, can I just start on this one? I, I was scrolling on Sleeper. You know, at the start of the week, having a look at your own lineup, and then you sort of look at the projections. Of, oh, geez, okay, I'm playing Jim. We'll see how we go projection wise. Then I scrolled down to this game and I saw 29 as a projection file. I'm like, hold on, this this can't be right. 29. How can you be projected for 29? I clicked in, and my God, there was 18 blokes on by and 15 injuries. I didn't know how you fielded a team odd. What happened? Well, what happened was. Let's just, I'm going to deflect here. I'm going to take the time to talk about the flat earther that was my opponent. And I, the reason I say flat earther is because this man, Thais, 
I'm going to liken him to the great man, Kyrie Irving, because he has decided to double down, choosing the week nine scoring. He would have, you know what he's like. He's well-researched. He does his homework. He would have looked at this week and saw my putrid side by Apocalypse. I don't know what, I know I had zero QBs, but I think I had 10 of 25 available or something. And I know it's not a, a rich pool to begin with, but <laughs> I this this is as low as it gets. And that's why I'm bringing Kyrie in because this anti-Semitism bullshit that's going on, that's where Thais's mind has gone down to this week. It's disgusting. I'm glad he didn't get the double points and one of you boys did. Uh, they're my thoughts on it. Other than the 31.82, that's just another win for the Sonny Weaver Juniors, the the best lowest score of all time. That's, uh, that's some quality deflection because the double points round has got nothing to do with your team at all. It's about what you score, not what your opposition scores, mate. So well Doesn't done. matter. Does not matter. He's, he's snooped low. And you know what happened? Old Tassels got injured because of it. The karma mm. trains come by and go, do, 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 do. Well, what what did he say? He he had some comments last week about yeah. first time a player could outscore a team, which would have been absolutely hilarious. He did, and and oh. old Tassels almost did. He pulled out a a twenty four point eight, and you pulled out a thirty one point eight. So he was seven points off outscoring your entire team. Joe Mixon scored fifty three. Well, yeah, let's let's uh, let's play a bit of a game here, and that was oh yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> which which players would have beaten Hod's team? Uh, so you you reeled off Joe Mixon. That's an obvious well, one. A fifty three would have comfortably just just the, starting Joe Mixon would have alone would have comfortably beaten Hod last week. Devontae Adams would have just lost. It would have been a nail by a Hod. Just me. De- Devontae versus oh. your entire squad. <laughs> you would have lost by 0.2, Keeney, if you just rolled with Devontae. And in the first half, you would have been absolutely loving life. Yeah, so Mixon and Devontae's half this is, a game. This, this is good. This is a good game, isn't it? Oh, oh it's the best. Keep going. It's a great. Well, um, the only other one I can think of that may have done the job is I, I know Mahomes had 68 passes, so I'm guessing he scored over 30. He sure did. He scored a 34.1. He would have yeah. beaten... Uh, the humdingers. Oh, enough. And we mentioned this bloke enough. just before. He had 178 yards on the ground. Had a oh, great day. Fieldsy. Old Fields. He would have had a field day over the humdingers. So that's three. That's it. So there were three players and uh, that would have beaten, and Devontae was 0.2 off. So that's where, where we sat of just single players that could have beaten the humdingers last week. Hard. Hard. Yeah. Is, is Ben a flat earther as well? What's going on here? <laughs> Ah, oh, everyone's flat earthers, right? The, the the flattest thing is the humdingers, but we'll we uh, we'll, we'll we'll bounce back this week. We'll uh, get the guillotine out, maybe. Mate, you don't want a guillotine around a uh, a humdinger. humdinger. <laughs> not a good, not a good combo there. Can you imagine the Can you imagine the cartoon that Scoot's going to roll with if he knocks you off? <laughs> I don't want to see the gif that, <laughs> that Scoot's going to roll with. Anything to snip in a humdinger, I, I don't want to see it. Uh, well, yeah. Anyway, I won't say what I was just <laughs> thinking then. Let's move to the power rank. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. Ooh, all right. Let's uh, straighten ourselves up, so to speak. Let's uh, get into the power rankings. These are based off last week, um, the, the week prior when we sent this out. I don't think a lot would have changed with all the crazy buys and the scoring. I think it would have remained pretty similar. 
But uh, but shout out if you think that maybe some of these are not quite accurate to where we're at going into week 10. I'll start with the bottom, what do I got to do, four? Bottom four, which is the Humdingers remaining still solid there at one and eight at the 12th spot. The Punishers also at one and eight at the 11th spot. Uh, the DFF, they've moved down to the 10th spot at three and six. And the Executioners snipping their way there at number nine with three and six. They've just moved up a spot. Uh, very good. I've uh, got the San Diego Demons just sort of chugging along at the eight spot here. No change. He'll be a bit disappointed with that uh, camo, but uh, he's got he's got a brighter future ahead, hopefully. Prestige Worldwide at number seven. Drops one spot. Maybe uh, maybe injury-related. He's got a bit of a biomageddon this week as well, the Prestige Worldwide, the former champ. Uh, Johnny Unitas drops from three to six Ridiculous. after scoring 154. That's got me... Well, uh, no, this was after week eight these were done. So yeah, okay. What did he score? I mean... Yeah, he scored he's, 130 what is, that week. It's still he's, ridiculous. He's second in scoring, Ben, or third? Second in max points, third yeah. in actual scoring. So he's hovering right around your score at the moment. He's not too far behind you in points four. He's basically a lock to to get in the playoffs. But anyway, he's he's number six in the power rankings. A bit of not a heap of respect there. And rounding out the middle third, the Jim City Stallions, the leader of the greatest division in world sport. Down from, oh, sorry, up from seven, even though he's lost four in a row. It's, uh, I don't know what this league's doing, but uh, anyway, that's where we're at. Hod? This this has a lot of Ben's stuff, this right up somehow. <laughs> I, I didn't know shit. That, that, that can't be right. Oh, poor Manny, but he deserves it. He gives a shit. All right, number four, straight cash, homies. Uh, sta- I'm not even going to refer to the far right column of change. Let's just go record and position. Six and three, sitting very healthy, playing the snoz Conklin in the Superflex. OJ's legal team, he's uh, he's annoying you, Keeney. I know it. He's just stiff, stiffing around, <laughs> sneaking around you in the power rankings. He's lurking. You don't like it. Uh, at six and three, right behind yourself at number two. Seven and two, going along very nicely. These two men on this podcast are... At 9-0, the Park City Lions sitting pretty. Doesn't look like losing, let's be honest. Hey, don't, no don't try and reverse anything here. I It's a tight battle between me and Papa this week. He's got me covered in the uh, projections. So let's, let's well, jump to you the heard, projections. You heard Jim talk about having to play his B team a few weeks ago. Ben's legitimately trotting out his E team at the minute. So good luck to you. <laughs> So, is your E-team projection more than my total last week? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Currently, as it stands, yes. Um, let's. We did allude to this in the chat a couple of weeks back, but we need to uh, discuss where this league's at with some of our season-long bets. And, uh, Keeney, you, uh, you've listed a few here. The first one we've got written down is Scoot versus Papa. And their bet was around Tom Brady. Yeah, it was. And look, accountability is key. So that's what this podcast will deliver. Uh, Scoot and Papa going head-to-head here. Uh, Scooter's bet was that Brady wouldn't be a top 12 fantasy QB. There was some uh, sort of uh, minimum games requirements. I'm not sure. I think it was he had to... Couldn't miss more than four games, but anyway, looks like he's on. I don't track think he will. He's on track. Season. He's on track for this to be a live bet. But uh, interestingly enough, 
He's number 12 at the moment in total points for. So I think 12 counts. That I read that as 12 is, is a win for Papa. So mm-hmm. that one's going to go right down to the wire. Um, Hasn't had his buy other- yet. Yeah, that's that's the key. He's probably Ooh, yeah. more around 14, 15. I think 14 is is a projected with buy averaging. So 14 is sort of roughly where he sits in that. It is. That is a really good point. And I'll tell you what else. Because, you know, we're a podcast for the people, by the people, I think we need to clarify one thing. And I, I would like a response from either Papa or Scoot here. And are we counting week 18 where fantasy is irrelevant here as well? Surely not. I think we need to clarify what this bet is. I think we should. I, I would like to think that any sort of fantasy season bets would be regular season. I think playoffs are kind of irrelevant, which would put it up to week 14. But Ooh. that's... So you reckon it cuts off after week 14? We need some clarity here. Well, yeah. I guess it really doesn't make a difference, does it, in Tom Brady's world, whether the playoffs start in fantasy. The season's still going, so it probably, you're right, probably should go full season. I always just think fantasy season. I don't know. It's a good... This is a... a, It's a good bet, really. Brady was number three quarterback last year. That's, um, you know, he hasn't lost anything on offense. I know he had the injuries, and we sort of talked about that a little bit, that it could be a fall from grace, but there was no reason to think until that happens he would, and Scoot's just gone bang. Mm. And he, the only thing I'll say is it's been as bad as it can be, and he's still lurking around mm. top 12. Um, and Godwin coming back, getting healthy. There's yeah. more upside, I would say, for the rest of the season. Now, I actually, now that I think about it, Kenny, I'm with you. I think it has to be the 18 games, doesn't it? It is top 12 fantasy QB. Every time you look at season-long fantasy stats from previous years, they do count the full season. Um, yeah, so this one will genuinely go down to the wire, I reckon. Yep, and it's the only one that needs some clarification. So, boys, jump on the I – want, I want to know what this bet is so I can track it. Yep. Um, but it's a ripper, as you said, Hod. It's a good one. Um, another good one is including your good self, Hod, against Manny, your arch nemesis. You don't like each other. In fact, hate's a strong word, but... I will, a, never, I will never like and hate to anybody. Good. But unlike the healthy competition that Camo and myself have, this is not healthy. This is legit out to get each other. Not that I'm much to get, and that's what he always points out, but there, there will be a strong rivalry soon enough. Well, you did say off air that um, Manny's mum you hated, but we'll, we won't let them know. <laughs> oh, that's, that's about it. It's the only person you said that you, you legitimately hate for taking Ken Walker, for for convincing Manny to take Ken Walker. There's real hatred there. But anyway, onto the bet. It's another. It's another beauty, Hod. Don't laugh, mate. Oh, that no, is mate. that is mate, just. I know I was off the record, but I had to put it on the record. Uh, any any Sunny Weaver Junior member here to have more wins than Jake the Snake, the OJ's legal team. So you've really got. Look, let's let's rule out yourself and the DFF. You've got Jim and Camo here fighting against Jake. So Jim's on five wins, Camo on four, Jake on six. So that one. Look, you're probably underdog here, Hod, aren't you? Well, so that's where I was actually thinking as you um, move to this one a bit quick for me. Where oh, sorry. let's do let no, let's do some odds on like where are these odds sitting? Oh, I have no idea how the odds work at the best of times. Um, but you guys 
put some odds to the Brady thing. So, like, where would it? Where would we be sitting with that bet? And then we'll do the same for the rest. I reckon. I reckon Brady to be, finish a top twelve QB is probably. I'm with you. Like, it's been a shit show, and he's still twelve. So I'd say that's like a dollar forty-five that he becomes a top twelve. Righto. So, Papa's Papa's there. Um, you say I'm the underdog here. Probably that way after I'd say after four weeks it was looking pretty nice for you. Jim undefeated and uh, Jake sitting at one and three. It's sort of turned around since week five, and Jake's gone undefeated since week five, and Jim hasn't had a win win since he had a win in week five. So, so here's the sneaky part about this bet though, is that as we know, the Sunny Weaver Junior Division isn't the strongest division in the league, and both players will have an opportunity against the DFF and the Dingers coming home to register some more wins, whereas Jake has to play Manny, Ben, myself, and even Scoot, who who knows on his day. It's not. It's a tougher draw coming home. I think this one's a bit closer than uh, maybe what we first think. If Jim or Camo can get a role like within the division on the way home, Camo's got a win probably locked up this week as well. I don't know. This one could be a bit closer. Yeah, all I'll say is I'm glad it's wins and not uh, points or seedings. Yeah. Mm. I think this is a dollar eighty that Jake is is the winner. Maybe that's so, a bit generous, but we'll run through the run home. This is Jim's run home, who's one win behind. He's got Timos and Manny, pretty tough. And then mm-hmm. him and Camo play each other week twelve. Then the Humdingers and DFF. So he could get three, let's say three wins there if he knocks off Camo. Is sort of what it could look like for Jim. And then for Jake, as you pointed out. Um, yeah, he has yourself, Keeney, then the Humdingers, where there was a win there, then the Haircuts, the Executioners, and the Lions to finish off. That's It is going to go down to the wire. Do you think Camo's a chance to sneak that? Well, yeah, I was going to ask, what are Camo's next two games before the division? Camo's next two are the Prestige not, and Punishers. So if he knocks and- off... Ooh, and, can I just say the Prestige are decimated this week? They so. are. There's a if Joshy Tassels doesn't play, there's zero QBs being started for Prestige. He's currently projected 84 to 129 Camo's way. So Camo actually that's that's that including week, Josh Allen. That's it. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Then he goes. So the, cut. Then yeah. he goes the Punishers, where you would absolutely assume a win there. Then the Stallion Showdown that becomes huge that week 12 game. That really you want him is. To win. Fucking everything on the line there, and then the DFF humding is to bring it home. Whew. No, I'm changing this. this I'm changing the odds. It's a genuine. It's a genuine flip. Coin Two dollars each way. Yep. Well, so this is going to be really a race to eight wins, I think, out of any side here. Out of the last five games, Camo needs four. Jim needs three. Jake only needs two. But as you said, very competitive. We can we can rule Manny out because he's shit. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I reckon eight wins is the one that gets it here. So yes, this is going to be this is going to be a very fun bet. That is good. The yeah. next one is uh, Scoot and Jim. Just a straight one here. Jim to make the playoffs. Jim just backed himself in. Was looking up and about five weeks in, and is like we just mentioned a coin flip there. But still, like we just talked about in the previous bet, still within the realm of possibilities. Um, he needs to have a strong showing for the next couple of weeks and then needs to really beat Camo in that Week 12 matchup for him to be yeah, a chance. Absolutely. That one's, yeah, that, again, pretty line ball. He's, Jim's 
It's yeah, as you said, it's coming down to that game where they play each other. Really, let's be honest. That's uh, that one's going to be close as well. And and Ben, what we're what we're really here for? It's Henschke week, boys. It is Henschke week. The DFF. He thought he was going to win eight games, seven and a half. He took the over. Thais, his old dick buddy, joined at the dick, <laughs> jumped on board with him. And I tell you what, Ben, they're going to be minus two Henschkes because of it. Talk me through it. Well, as it stands, the old DFF just sitting at three and six and uh, facing down the barrel of a loss to Manny as well. Um, currently 34% chance according to Sleeper's projections there. So he needs to win out. This is his rest of season schedule that he needs. We'll remind you a win in every one of these games. The Johnny Unitas haircuts, then followed by the straight cash homies. Currently, I think three and four top scoring teams. Um, then the Humdingers, chance there. Then the Demons and then the Stallions. That He could get one win if he's lucky. And I'm hoping that week 12, it's a loss again because then we can hopefully play uh, cool in the gang as well just to really celebrate the Henschkes. Well, look, we got to say he's had an unlucky season. There's no doubt about that. 100%. But unless your, name's, unless your name's Matt Wilson, they don't pay out on unlucky seasons, boys. <laughs> so cough up the Henschke. Thanks for coming, DFF. All the best, mate. That is about as niche a gag you could throw on a podcast of anyone because literally only one other listener outside of Keeney and I will... Oh, actually, no, two. Probably two other listeners will get that reference there. Um, ridiculous deep McDonald's cut from Mailway. <laughs> the last bet is... Uh, this one is... This is just a great bet to look at. This and that's, is over. Scoot versus Jim here. The Sonny Weaver Junior Division to have more wins than the Bo Callahan Division. So is this what Jim thought? Yeah, so Jim's back in his He's own division. He's back in his again. own division yeah. in where just like, you know, at a snapshot, um, just looking at the division, it tells you the current streaks that that the teams are on. Currently, the Sonny Weaver Junior Division are all on a losing streak, all four teams um, collectively. What have we got here? <laughs> a 10-game losing streak collectively for the... Uh, Sonny Weaver Junior Division and the Bo Callahan Division are on a 15-game winning streak. If you have the one loss there for them, so, so this is this is 22 wins to 13 currently, with uh, five weeks to go. So it's not not looking great for Jim Scoot. I reckon you're going to pick up whatever it is, whether it was cash or a bottle. That but one also, is probably that's a dollar one. I'm but it's really only one. two weeks to go because the last three weeks kind of just cancel each other out, don't they? Uh, it's a good shout. Yeah, he's fucked. He's, <laughs> he's a dollar one, a dollar one <laughs> might be load the house on. I don't know if he can lose. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he can. Look, I may, I may have to apologise for to Jim here because he's probably drank my Kool-Aid a bit too much just about the division. This is a very stupid bet now I look at it. <laughs> you got in his ear and he well and truly... Look at the power and, you and wield with this podcast, mate. <laughs> Do you know what else? It could have been worse because, man, he's been... As unlucky as anyone in the wins column, so this one could be it's true. Worth. I love it. True. This this division is always the best, and Jim Jim's always the first to like anything I put in the group. <laughs> he gives the love heart straight away within seconds. Uh, he's he's the spiritual leader of the Sunny Weaver Junior Division. I I feel he is absolutely. Um, yeah, Camo needs to lift. He's he's uh, oh, he's going to lift. Don't worry. That sketch is just opening right up. <laughs> Well, uh, look, we've been talking a lot about the divisions, but mainly around bets. But I think let's go a bit more of a deep dive. I think it's time to get divisional. Talk about 
Divisional, divisional. Divisional. Let's get divisional. Let's talk division stuff. Oh. <laughs> Can I just say one thing? So for those listening, I know, Hod, this is the same for you, but me and Hod, we don't get all the backing track, but all we hear is Ben saying, divisional, divisional. <laughs> so it's just silence and then Ben's voice comes in. It's unbelievable. Well played, sir. Uh, Sorry, but I, I, I keep forgetting I, to change the settings so you can actually hear the songs. No, nah, I don't want to. But where and when did you do that recording, Ben? We need to the best. The staff. We need to timestamp this for Timos, just so he can just. Oh, yeah. I know that's all he's interested in, but one, one uh, Timos, hour seven. One hour. One hour seven. Just uh, scroll along, and um, that'll be you, mate. Well, there's no point in us saying it out loud now. Oh, shit, true. Yeah, we, we kind of have to put it in writing. But, um, <laughs> Why don't we timestamp me saying when it is? Yeah, perfect. All right. <laughs> we'll put that in the notes of the uh, that's, podcast. That's, that's about as good as my flat earther rant. But <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Um, well, let's get divisional. Look, we're not going to talk necessarily just about where everyone's sitting in the division. Let's talk about where the current current playoff seedings are, Keeney, because we have the uh, division leaders and then it goes most wins at the fourth and then the next two high scorers for the fifth and sixth seed. So just give us a snapshot of how it's currently playing out. Yeah, we'll give you a quick snapshot. So again, it was just about playing the drop, really. It was nothing to do with the divisions at all, but I suppose you could say it was. Um, Look, the number one seed for mine's just about locked up. He probably won't lose a game. Um, until maybe the playoffs. So, Ben, the Park City Lions in yeah. number, number one, the current one seed. The Grouse is in at the two seed. The current Sonny Weaver Jr. division leader is the Jim City Stallions. Obviously, that could change, but who knows? Jim could hold on. He's he's a game and change ahead of uh, the San Diego Demons. So, he's our current number three seed. Now's where it is where it gets a bit interesting. So, we've got the next highest wins team and that is a split between Timos and Jake both with six wins but uh, Jake has the higher point differential so Jake currently is our four seed Manny with a huge points total is our fifth seed and Timos therefore our sixth seed but there's really two others that are that are chipping away at that sixth seed the prestige worldwide is 43 points behind the sixth seed and the San Diego Demons either if he can grab the division or he's 64 points behind the straight cash homies at the moment. So, look, I think it's a race of eight teams for the playoffs this year. I think the other four are probably going to struggle to get in there. Um, but it is, it's tight with five weeks to go. So looking forward to it. Any comments, gents? Yeah, um, the interesting one here is I thought that for Jim or Kamo, it was literally going to be, you know, they win that division or they're out. But the fact that both are a chance for that sixth seed depending on how things fall, is uh, it's pretty interesting because Jim is, he's a little bit ahead. What is he, about 50 points ahead of Camo as well? Um, mm. So he's not far off that sixth spot. What is he, 10, 15 points? Yeah. Yep. That's uh, it's pretty interesting. Well, what I was also interested, off-air, bikini, that off-air means off-air, um, about uh, the prestige worldwide. Yeah, an interesting thing Ooh. about this uh, these picks that he has between uh, Tim and himself. Can you uh, elaborate for the well, listeners? Because I thought it was pretty interesting. I think it is too. And look, he's he can do whatever he wants, but he's the current 
seven seed, as we said, 40 points behind a playoff berth. But if he was to make the playoffs, it'd probably be at the expense of the straight cash homies. And he owns both of those first round picks this year. So, I mean, really, if you look at it, they're, they're basically, regardless of who finishes sixth and seventh, it's going to be the same picks that he's got. Mm. The difference is Matt has Travis Etienne sitting on the taxi squad. He scored 25, 23, 18. Like he's a legit RB1 for the rest of the season. He's 40 points behind a playoff berth. Could that cost him? Like there's genuine missed points opportunities. If Etienne played all year, he'd be clearly in the playoffs right now. And Tim would be out. So his picks would be the same, but he'd have a chance to win a ring. Well, what are our thoughts on that? So you're saying that it wouldn't really affect his pick status because Tim Oss would be in the same position he's currently in, uh, but well, he'd control his destiny in the playoffs. Yeah, look, and, and maybe there's a bit more to it, but I think ultimately that's sort of that's sort of what it boils down to. So he's uh, it looks like he's not moving him. I mean, he's not probably going to have a great scoring week this, this week, but even more so, like if yeah, the the difference between leaving 80 points on the, on the taxi squad and not making the playoffs just so you can get a pick or two higher, I don't know, is it worth it? It's not 80 points. That's what he's had in the last four weeks. True, true. It's the whole and, season. And going forward as well. And going forward. I so mean, who knows if he'll take him off, but it, it looks to me like he won't. I think the thing that you're, you're excluding here, though, is that he'd have to drop someone to bring Etienne off. And, I mean, there's just not really <laughs> many people he can drop on his lineup. Um that could make way for someone like Travis. Like Travis Homer, he's just sitting currently and he's running back one spot. You couldn't drop him, could you? Can't have You can't have more than one Travis. No. Snoop. There's a rule. Ty Johnson, you couldn't drop him. No chance. Kylan Hill. Uh, another it's one. It's an interesting decision, isn't it? Like it's a decision that's been made. But also um, Kyron Williams getting activated. We all know yeah, another that Akers is not uh, really going to see the field, it seems, in that team. So uh, he could absolutely shore up his weaker spot. He's got the high upside of the stack of Burrow and Chase going into the playoffs, and we know what they can do on their best day. Yeah, Waller's been a very interesting one, and I know we touched on he's on IR at the moment. He's missed a considerable amount of time with a hamstring. Um, but, yeah, and, I, there's so much. And the number, he, one, number one player in fantasy, Josh Allen. Yeah. Just quietly. So, like, it's not a player that I would like to meet in the playoffs, um, but uh, if he doesn't want to be there, be my guest. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind. <laughs> Very interesting. What are we? Uh, what are we going into any previews? Because uh, there is a barnstormer, isn't there? Look, we're we're pretty tight for time here we're at an hour fourteen. But uh, I think we just talk about the one game this week that has some serious uh, implications, both uh, with bets and with playoff seedings. And that is the Grouse taking on OJ's legal team. You did uh, try, I'm sure of it, Keeney to moz me when you were talking about the current playoff seeding, saying that I'm an absolute lock for number one here. Uh, I think pretty much because it's uh, you and Timos there in your own division that I think to either to miss out on that week one bye, it's really if Jake goes on, continues on a strong run and I drop a few games at the end and he pips me for the division. I think that's probably where... I uh, my biggest challenge is so there are some massive implications for the number one or two seed spot there both for yourself and the legal team. Yeah, you'd be you'd be unlucky. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, um, Jake scoring well and Manny scoring well. I got to play both of them. 
Uh, we play each other, so there's a loss right there. Like it's it's only yeah. three games in five weeks. That's you know anything can happen. I I know what it's like, mate. You always think the worst, but uh, the 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 worst part about it for you is that you'll be the number one seed, and none of it matters, mate. Once you get to the last two weeks, as you know, none of it matters until you win those two in a row at the end. So yep, I feel like it. all this is coming from past experience with mm. Keeney. It's it's got a bit of substance to it. And he's just Scarring. passing it on to you to see if the same thing might happen and he's the you, beneficiary this time. You don't have enough shitmen in your team, Ben. You need to play a shit player to win the league. You have to re- remember that. <laughs> I'm, I'm eyeing off Braxton. Don't worry. He's Is he on Sony your Michelle. roster still? Sony Michelle could be your, yeah. your Braxton this year. Although Donta Foreman's just ripped out a 19 this week. He could be the one. Yeah, um, yeah let's, look, let's quickly because... We'll, Mindful of time here, it is currently projected 141 to yourself, 130 to Jake. They are two still high projections. You've had one player play, and that's old Kyle give you the shits pits with uh, <laughs> two catches for 28 yards. Just how are you feeling watching yeah. the, the balls just sail over his head in yeah. that game? Yeah, I want to have a word to Papa. He's uh, he's a big Mariota fan. How, how shit must Desmond Ritter be if he's not getting a go? Scooter? Fuck me. Yeah, no, he's... Look, I think it's nothing I haven't watched all year. Pitsy's been very disappointing. As you said, it's a good nickname, Ben. Old Kyle Pitts, give you the shits. And uh, then quite like that. Let's let's go to your position of worry as well, which is the quarterbacks here. You've got uh, Wilson and Stafford currently sitting in. Stafford in concussion or just come out of concussion protocol. Um, Wilson scoring of 9, 13 and 13 in his last three games and Stafford's 11, 17 and 10. Uh, doesn't fill you with heaps of confidence, whereas Carr and Cousins are looking a little bit better. Well, actually, Carr's a bit up and down. 13, 1, and 18. Um, bit of a fucking mixed bag there. Cousins has just been pretty solid. 16, 23, 16. So that could play a pretty big part in this lineup here. He's got Najee Harris yeah. sitting in there, even though we've spoken about his struggles. Um, so Saquon. Saquon against Houston could be... Oh. Super scary. And the, the only other thing I'll say is I do remember is 0-2, Jake, and we'll, there was questions being raised about how good this team was. Well, since he's won six of the last seven, he's, uh, he's six and three, he's flying. The only other thing I'll mention is that it's the first time since a, a moment that I'd rather forget that Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs are playing on the same team. Mm-hmm. A Minneapolis or Minnesota Miracle. miracle. Uh, so I actually, I wouldn't mind if there was a Minnesota Miracle or a Buffalo Miracle uh, this week. That'd be fine by me. Why, so Gabe Davis doesn't get touches? Is that what you're alluding to? Give them all to Diggsy? Gabe that, Davis. That's a good showdown, though, that you got Gabe Davis and Diggs yeah. head to head. Um, there are some nice Didn't little they? talking points here. Starting Zach Ertz over Schultze. He's starting, as we said, Harris over either Zeke or Pollard, who both have a pretty nice matchup with Green Bay. So might not be completely set in stone, his lineup, but uh, should uh, should make for an interesting watch, this one. In the interest of my bet, I will be praying to the fantasy gods this week for the grouse to get over the legal team. That's And I think you'll be doing the same, Ben. There's some interest for you to have the grouse get up. So get up the grouse. That time. It would be nice if, uh, you know, it'll be a showdown between me and Papa as the as the projections are showing there. So there's no guarantees, but um, 
Yeah, it'd be nice if he could just... If Keeney, you could just keep him at arm's reach of that division. Be good. Hod, try and get a win, and then maybe we can play some... Uh, hopefully, walking on sunshine. No, what is it? <laughs> calling the game. Jeez. Calling the game. The guy, look, it's I'll try so my long, best, gents. I forgot the fucking song. I'll try my best, gents, but the gods, as we know, are strong. As strong as this podcast. It was a very solid session from us today on a Saturday afternoon, if you don't mind. I'm going to go off and have some lunch. Um, what are you boys up to? Well, what I'll uh, what I'll say there, Keeney, is you've been up with the Night Demon all night. He's been running amok. He's been at Tramp and 1-6, and you're just struggling there. You need some sleep and then have a nap. Just re-energize. But I love that you go... We go off the record, and you just love to bring it on the record. I don't know what the meaning of off the record means, but uh, what what I do know is if my rivalry with Manny wasn't strong, it's even stronger now because I'm not sure what prize we came up with for our bet, but I'm sure he's upped it a lot after today. Uh, and the last thing, boys, you talked about it, the dick friends. I have strong authority that Thais has had a tramp stamp inked on permanently the DFF dick friends forever (laughs) podcast over and out